0: Welcome to the Draft Champions Podcast. We are here with James Gable. The Zach, how's it going, man? I'm good. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. This is exactly like I was saying to you. This is what the people want to hear. They want to hear um, real players, not these analysts, not this circle jerk of the same guys like Dave McDonald, my oh. friend on every fucking podcast. They want to hear James Gable, the guy. And I'll give, I'll give you a bit of introduction. And first of all, you're the guy that uh, fucking run down the, ran, ran down the clock every every time for every pick last year. And I think I was probably chirping you at one point, um, but um, that's that's you. But man, like, um, you're not really at that. You're not really, you don't really have a Twitter presence. Like you have Twitter. That's how I found you. But I think you had like 18 followers last time I checked. You probably have a couple more now. But um, so last year, um, you had a really good year. You entered 43 draft champions leagues. Uh, nine four four honeys and you won four of them and you cashed in two of the the other ones and you were beating big names like those The names in those leagues were like Casey Cha, Tyler Jung, uh, Matt Modica um, a lot of like really good players and your wins weren't soft leagues you beat those guys in in all of your wins Um, you won two main event qualifiers and you were second overall in the online auction to, um, I forget who won that thing. Um, that may have been you. <laughs>
1: <And> <laughs> yeah.
0: Congratulations. Thanks. I uh, appreciate that. Let's talk. Let's talk about like the most important thing first. Why did it take you so long to make your picks?
2: <laughs> you know, I, I got to say like this whole thing has been a bit of a learning process for me. And like, I do feel like the best way to learn is just to hop into live drafts. And I definitely uh, would recognize it. Admit I was slow on the clock. And, and like, I, at first I didn't get why I bothered people, but now as I'm more of like a, I, not a veteran player, but I've played more, you know, there's a flow to a draft. And like, when you take that long, uh, you know, it can piss some people off. And like, I, I think I was really trying to determine my picks on the clock where maybe now I'm a little bit more prepared ahead of time. So hopefully I don't hold everybody up. Cool. I got to bust your balls a little bit for that. And one thing I, (laughs) one thing I didn't mention is um,
0: like overall, like I, I tracked, um, I was, I was looking at some of the stats in these DCs because the DCs weren't my good format last year. So I'm trying to get better at them. Um, Looking at the stats, you were a top five overall player in terms of return on investment, overall money. Like you sunk some money in and you, you went balls, you went balls to the wall in these things. And you had an over a hundred percent ROI. There's some other guys that played a lot of leagues and did okay, but you actually profited um, I think mm-hmm. you were just behind like, Casey Chawfield do so Tyler Jung um, and right up with the, with Weimer right so mm-hmm. um, I don't know if I'm, I don't know if, I forget if I'm missing anyone but if, I apologize if I did but you were top five I don't know if those were the other four but um, yeah like you did really well and um, the thing is I'll I'll, I'll, I'll call you. Oh, you 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 didn't do that well previously so mm-hmm um you gotta you gotta you gotta you gotta ask yourself is this a is this was it a one-year wonder? did you just pick good players or what 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 changed my first year in the nfbc was probably like full year was 2020 the short season didn't do have a good season did better last year um you stepped and i've talked to other people they've said Gabe, gable has stepped up his game big time so what what was the difference last year or did you just get lucky
2: you know, for, first off, I think you know. I think with like anybody would admit, like if you have a good season, like I think you, there's some form of luck involved for sure. But you know, I, I think a lot of it was like learning from like you know, like there's like ten guys that I follow in this business or excuse me, the industry that like proven year to year, like are are winners, and like it's it's learning from them. And like I think a lot of it is like roster construction, especially in the DCs. I think a lot of it is like kind of getting out of your own way in terms of like self-will and, and like, like you and, and like being disciplined, like it's so hard to pass on that low hanging fruit right in front of you in the draft room. But like, that may not be the best guy for your team at that moment, you know? So I think a lot of it was like starting prep early on, like last December reading a lot, um, listening to podcasts, learning about structure, um, and, and then, like, watching what some of the best players do and then trying to ask yourself, why are they doing this, you yep. know? Yep. So, so I, I, I think, and this wasn't part of the agenda, but you sort of alluded to it,
0: um, structure. I think in these, especially in the draft champions, which is what we're going to focus on a lot, is just um, the, the method to the madness is much more important than player evaluation. Agree or disagree. Agree. Yeah. So, so do I. And I think a lot of people waste, uh, I don't want to say waste, but they spend way too much time digging in the weeds with like all these like metrics that really don't matter, uh, especially when you're doing volume. And I think being a volume player in these leagues is key. And I've heard other people say that they wouldn't do that many draft champions leagues for 150 bucks. Like it doesn't really make sense to do a lot of them. Um, mm-hmm. what do you have to say about that? Because uh, like the, the, the payback within the league is 66 or 67%. Um, mm-hmm within the league. So it's not that great, but there is an overall component, but again, um, what, what sort of your philosophy on playing like a high volume of these, like 43 leagues minus nine, uh, $400 leagues is, is, uh, 34 of these $150 leagues. What's, what's your philosophy in, in, in volume play and how is it a benefit and
2: how does it sort of hurt you? For sure. Um, first of all, I definitely am like addicted to drafting, number one. Number two. So, I mean, it's fun. You know, it's fun to hop in. And like, you know, certainly this time of year, it's kind of shitty and cold out, um, you know, and uh, it helps me to get to the winter. But my philosophy is like building towards main events. And I know that's a different beast than the DCs, but you know, the 150 DCs, you're learning the player pool, kind of like seeing what's out there, you know, kind of like getting an idea of how you want to structure these things. That prepares you for the 400 DCs, which I think is certainly um, in anything in the NFPC, like, you know, the second you start to step up an entry fee, the competition, it gets, I I think tougher and um, you know, and like those, and, and it's also like, it's a different style of player in there. I think it's a lot of like um, you know, the guys that are going to the live main events and like some of these guys that have like, you know, really um, proved to be successful year over year. So it's a lot of like a learning process. um, I think gearing towards like, the tail end of DC season where there's like $500 satellites and then, you know, main events and that type of stuff. But, um, you know, in terms of like the pluses and minuses of like the volume, um, you know, I, I think like, I I like the idea of player concentration and like, you know, I heard you say this a couple of podcasts ago. You're like, you know what, if I'm wrong, there's always next year. And you know, like the idea of like a watered down, like I never ordered a watered down drink in my life. And I don't want my portfolio of players to be watered down either. Like, yeah. you know, and it's like, I think you and Mike were rapping about that. Like, it's just, it's the idea that like, you trust your process, you have faith in your players and what you're learning and what you're doing. And if you hit, you know, you hit and, um, and, uh, but yeah, I think it's just all learning process, you know, of course. Cool. So follow up
0: to follow up to that. So would you say that uh, the competition would be like uh, more difficult in like a $400
2: DC than the TGFBI? I've actually, I've never played in the TGFBI. <laughs> I'm, I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm just joking. But, but what I can tell you is this. Like the 400 DCs feel like a main event, like players don't fall that shouldn't, um, you know, the closer, the idea behind relief pitchers, like you, you have to be pretty aggressive. Um, whereas in like a 150, like sometimes, you know, you're sitting there, you know, at like a turn and like a guy that like, maybe should have gone 25 picks ago, you know, falls to you. And it's just, it's like, just such a feels so good to click on them. You know, we're in, in 400s. I don't feel like that happens that often. I'm addicted to these things too. Like you are. And I think, I think it's like, it's always,
0: I'll be honest. It's kind of a problem. I think we both have that same problem. Like, (laughs) I don't know if you you have a family, I don't have a job. We'll get into that. And uh, yeah, same here. Um, And um, like I'm at work and I'm just like um, sort of preoccupied and then I'll end up having to make up that time when everyone, when everyone's asleep, we got to go through like the, um, our housekeeping and I sort of jumped ahead on the agenda just because I was so excited to get into things, but we do have to, um, we do have to talk about, um, some things like just 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 on the get-go um you wanted to talk about um like i wanted to ask you what you do for a living and and um, get to know you a little bit uh, yep. first of all so what, what do you do like during the day besides uh, being in like 20 drafts at a time
2: <laughs> i work in uh i live in new york city i work in uh bond sales and um you know got the family here two kids the dog in our little apartment but we love it and yeah. Oh, well yeah. not in our apartment building for sure. You know, it's, it's always a, a jungle and you walk outside into the city, you never know what you're going to get hit with. But you know, I was, I was thinking about this and I've like, I've listened to um, these like great podcasts that review fab Um, you know um, you know, every Sunday night in and Mondays. And you know, one of the things I was thinking about is like the terminology for fab. And I feel like so many guys do so much work on it. And like, I feel like everybody struggles with like the verbiage a little bit. And so like, I just wanted to like, maybe perhaps offer up a little help in terms of like the terminology. And so the idea would be something like this. Like let's say Eloy was on the waiver wire, you know, whatever he got hurt. Right. Okay. We all bid on Eloy Sunday night. Okay. The high bid is two thirty. All right. $230. All right. The next bid is called the cover bid. It's, it's not the runner-up, right? So let's say the cover bid was $200. So I was high at $230 and the second place bid, which we now know is called the cover bid, was $200. So the way to say that would be like, I was the high bid at $230 and I had a $30 cover or I was the high bid at $230 and my cover bid was $200. And it's just like a nice concise way of saying like, you know, I was high, and there was a runner-up, and I wasn't sure. And blah, 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 blah. I like it. Um, yeah, and just you know, another thing you could say is like, you know, um, you know, like if, if you bid on Eloy and you were like two thirty at the high bid, right? And the cover bid was five dollars. Like nobody cared. You could say something like, "Yeah, I had a really wide cover," right? But the right. the idea that like everybody would probably be in on him, and if you were high at two thirty and your cover bid was two twenty eight. You could just say something like, yeah, I was high bid at 2.30 and I had a really tight cover. Right. And it's just, like, it's just like a tight way of like saying things like within the, the business of, uh, of bonds. And I don't know, maybe people find it helpful or not, but um, that's it. I can, already get, I, I can already get used to
0: it. I, I like it. I, honestly, I prefer it already. So I think that yeah. might catch on. Maybe not. I don't know. It's concise.
2: It's just a tight way to say
0: it. Yep. Um, another thing, okay, before we actually get into everything, um, are you vaccinated? I should have asked this already. I am. Okay. Been good. boosted. Uh, okay. Well, you know, that's, I don't know if um, our HR actually quit Like Curlin. I don't know if you know of him. He, he, he was actually, I do. He, he was talking to me, texted me earlier today or yesterday. He's like, I don't want nothing to do with this. Don't even tag me in anything anymore. He's very nervous about everything. So he like, just so everyone knows he's no longer affiliated with this podcast, but we mm-hmm. still, we still use his, we still use his bylaws. Uh, on this podcast that's good so we don't have to mask up i didn't want to it's kind of annoying um so let's talk about this you talked about last year and i I don't know if i I don't know if i got enough of an answer from you like what did what did you do like in terms of improving because you improved immensely like you had a really good year what would you what would you um attribute to that like in terms of resources you used um i know you talked about um being really disciplined and it was a good it Mm -hmm. was a good answer but i want to know about like what, what sort of resources did you use differently if any
2: yeah you know, there was definitely like the idea of like, of like, um, Dave's talked about this. Like, you know, there's so much information out there, and like mm-hmm. you can't you can't follow it all. And like, some of it's good, some of it's bad. But it was the idea of like following guys who were successful. Like, you know, like Phil was on Michael Simeone's podcast in like December talking about pitching targets. Um, you know, you and Mike Mike were talking about Hul- or, like Urias in like the end of round four on like your podcast in November, and like those were all hits you know, and like, those were little gems that were out there just real early on in the season. But Mm
0: -hmm.
2: it's not just like the players. It was, it was really like learning the, like the process of drafting and like watching the best players or players you deem successful, like watching what they do and like how things unfold for them and, and really like taking it as a learning lesson and, and, and trying to follow suit yourself. Um, Also reading a lot more, um, reading a lot more about like players and 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 again like and like structure and philosophy Mm -hmm. um and you know like I think a big thing for me like the success honestly revolved around two things um it was closers um the idea of drafting one and a half closers which I you know I got from Toby like he always talks about that and then um it was nailing the pitcher's um, around like pick 100 to 120 or 90 to 120 last year, like Urias, Gaussman, uh, Rose, Rose. Yeah. And, um, who am I forgetting? Um, Molly. Tyler Molly. Not, I don't know. Not Molly. Um, oh, and Pablo Lopez, who was great until he got hurt. Right. Um, you know, and, and just like kind of further going into the closer thing, like, you know, my idea of one and a half closers was like, kind of like waiting didn't, as didn't long. Toby just to interrupt. Didn't Toby like pass on closers last year? I mean, his philosophy was like, I I feel like the last two years was like, I want to wait as long as I can and kind of grab the last guy
0: right? and
2: then take kind of like a half closer later on. And
0: he's not not doing that this year. He's no,
2: he's he's all in. Yeah. And, um, and I, have been in a couple of drafts and, and, and see, and he follows suit with that for sure. Um, I got lucky last year. I will say like my. One and a half closers. My half closer a lot was Melanson, uh, yeah. some Kimbrell, some like Romano, and you know those guys just ended up being like the one, not the half, and you know that was super helpful along with the pitching. Um, right. You, you know, get into those, that with your player,
0: yeah. your player shares because I, I, did a, yeah. I did a dive on like a, what, what players we were drafting, and and yeah, you, those were them. For <laughs> me for me, that I think my biggest failure in the dcs is just being stubborn and not drafting closers yeah like at all um like i think i did 14 or 15 of them and i had like one before round 10 one or two and that was Mm Edwin Diaz. like and i didn't
2: even have a second closer in those so that that's a big thing that i've changed up this year um well can i say one thing yeah like you know i'm stubborn too and like that's why i went with that route and like honestly like I kind of just feel like I got lucky. Like, I'm not going to play it off. Like I have some skill of selecting late round dart throws that work out. Like, I feel like you and me were trying to do the same thing. And maybe we just landed on different guys. Like I still struggle with drafting the closer, um, but anyway, continue. But you've, but you've uh,
0: changed that up a little bit this year, right? You're, you're, yeah. a little bit, I, I think I've noticed you're a little bit more closer. heavy. you, don't, you're not like a Phil, you're not, you're not taking Phil's book where you're taking two super early, but you're one early and then you're basically taking your shot where, where who, if someone falls to a, a nice price, like if Kimbrough falls to like the ninth or if For sure. someone else that you like, I don't know. I don't want to say names falls to a point in yep. the mid or in like the teens or whatever. Right. That's, that's sort of your For approach sure. this year, which is a, mm-hmm. little, a little bit more aggressive than last year, but I think everyone has to be a little bit more aggressive this year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, For sure. And yeah, the whole, the whole savior saves things uh, being to death. Now when you, you talked about um, uh, like a 10 or so people that you really like look, look to. Are you mm-hmm. talking analysts or players? Because there's a fine line and I do this too. Like you're in a draft with like Phil or, or Tyler Jung, mm-hmm. and you're looking at them. And sometimes like, you're like, okay, that guy, he's, he's on this player. Why you're going to look into it. And it makes you look into it more. And, and you're not, not to copy them, but it's just like, you realize that this play there's that. And you also realize not just those good players, but a player that you like um, I'm not going to list any names just because sure. I want to, but. Uh, say this player that like you did like and you and you, you have a notion at the beginning of the season i think this guy is probably going to go around pick 450 but then it turns out he's going around pick 350 or 300 or like mm-hmm. i wasn't getting him in the first couple drafts but i'm, I'm gonna have to push him up so talk mm-hmm. about like talk about like i guess one are you talking about players that you're, that you're mm-hmm. looking at and which ones and two talk about like not copying people but sort of yeah. looking looking at what good players are doing and looking
2: at what the market is also for sure yeah so first off it's players like I like analytics are great, but like you know I think there's a difference between being a good analyst and being a good player. Um, you know you could be the best you know analyst in the world and and but you have to construct a roster and you need to know like, really um you know when to take certain position stats and so on and so forth because it's that puzzle you put together so right. it's play it's players um that i've And you know um if you want i can let you know who they are but yeah. like I it, think, it, yeah I mean, it's so it's like yeah so it's like it's like rob silver zimmerman vlad you mtm phil toby um who else am i thinking like Sean, um Sean, oh, Sean, yeah, yeah, yeah weimer Um, who's on your podcast? Um, uh, yeah, you know, just, just the guys that, that I I feel like, you know, year in and year out have done this and, and, and are, are successful. And, and I think those guys have this like perfect mix of, of player and like an analysis. I mean, they're all obviously like brilliant at selecting players and so on and so forth, but like they can put the puzzle together. Um, and yeah, so that's, that's kind of, my thoughts there, and I'm sorry I agree, you're saying. Second-
0: I, agree, I agree with all those players, yeah. and I think like to. Uh, I think Toby and Bubba, they have that podcast. Like I've said yeah, this before. For sure. they're, they're the podcast that sort of got me into this, and um, like I think they, those two guys, like Bubba, doesn't have the recognition as a player as much as Toby does, just because mm-hmm. I like, guess mm-hmm. he doesn't play as high stakes or whatever. But I think both equally this year, I've noticed like th- those two guys are players and analysts that um, that are that are both like good at both, and it's hard to be good at both. So. Um, I echo that. I don't know why the fuck
2: you're lifting me in that conversation or Mike the Mouth, but I think maybe you're just trying and, to oh, be nice. I'm sorry. DMC and 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 Zach too. And I consider like the three. You of mean, you Jake, and you mean like, Jake. Jake, Jake. Sorry. Sorry. About yeah. Zach. yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, for sure. And um, yeah, I, I I think, yeah, uh sorry, as you were saying, go ahead. Yeah, it's just it's yeah. just watching what
0: these what these guys are doing. Um, yeah and, Um like a lot of that. Well, I agree with a lot of the guys you're saying. I actually agree, I agree with all of them. Even though Zimmerman just recently blocked me, I don't know why. Maybe because, <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Maybe because I'm annoying, or because um, I mentioned him in the, in the fake Dr. Dave podcast, which which wasn't supposed to be an insult. It was supposed to be a compliment because I love his Minding the news article. So it wasn't meant to be. Right. A, it wasn't meant to be a criticism against him. But uh, honestly, I like all those players. DiPietro's Pietro's another guy, also that I. Oh, of
2: course. To. Yeah, Rob and Cha, Casey Cha. Yeah, um,
0: but, but I will uh, say. Go ahead. ahead. I was just to say I I hate, but I I, as much as I look at what those guys are doing, I hate being in drafts. I hate being drafted with you. I hate being drafted with you because not because not even because I think you're a good player. Obviously, not not because you're good and because it's going to be hard to beat you. It's because we like the same players. Like you're going to reach on the same players I want to reach on. Same with you, Bobby Big Bucks. You you and Bobby Big Bucks are two guys I do not want to be in a (laughs) draft room. Not even because you're good, because you both are good players. But because yeah. you take my fucking players, that's why. <laughs> so either, either we're either we're all going to have good years, or we're going to have bad years. We're going to go for, down with the ship together,
2: for sure, for sure. Yeah. And so sorry, I interrupted you. Go yeah, ahead. no, Modica is another great one. Yes, um, yes. but but you know, the, there's there's no, enough sucking about, dick, enough sucking. Yeah, dick. Okay. yeah. Let's get off the dicks here. Okay. Enough okay. dicks for everybody. No. One thing I will say though about like you know, um, you know, I know Phil has that style in DCs. Um, I, I think it's important for like. L- a lesser player like myself like i you can't copy phil like you know and here's why like he's gonna draft a certain way based on i think he almost backs into it based on his in-season management and like how well and like good he knows he's at that you know like i've i've listened to his strategy in the season i think it's great and like frankly, like, I can't copy that. Like, I'm not going to be as good as what he does. um, And I'm not going to be able to, like, slide players in and out, so on and so forth. So, like, I think it's important to, like, watch what they do, ask yourself why, and then kind of, like, learn, like, what's best, like, kind of works for you. Right. So, Phil...
0: I looked at his drafts last year and he didn't really use a lot of his bench players. So it wasn't like he was okay. streaming players. He just, he just, he just did really well in yeah. identifying like the Logan Webbs and Robbie ways race. And yeah. when I, when I was talking to him on the podcast, I asked him the question, do you think Phil's Phil, do you think you're really good at um, streaming pitchers or are you just really good at identifying good players, You good pitchers you can get late? And he said, we'll find out this year. So I guess we'll find out this yeah. year. Um, good call. Um, talking about the, uh, talking more a little bit about saves. Um, I looked at your team from last year. I think of all the categories, you performed best in saves. And you were talking about maybe you got a little bit lucky, but you were the seventy-seven. You were the seventy-seventh percentile on average in saves in the four honeys, and you were over seventy percent, seventy percentile across all your leagues, including the leagues like you didn't win, which is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's sort of counterintuitive because a lot of people say like you don't need to really um, go for the overall in the 400 leagues or the $400 leagues. So you can sort of wait it on, wait on stage a little bit more, but just talk about how your approach would differ. Um, in mm-hmm. 400 versus one fifties.
2: Yeah. So I, you know, like honestly, last year, I, I, I reviewed the teams for the, the, the podcast and I, and like, um, I don't really even answer like it's just kind of how the cookie crumbled and like again like I really struggled to press pause last year on drafting starting pitchers and hitters to to like select closers and like frankly like Melanson was like a home run and I, I owned him on half my teams and you know like I got lucky but like it's, Again, not locked, I, it's not all luck Yeah, you're right. And and because you know, I listened to these guys that I follow, and that a lot of them were just like Melanson's the man, he's the man early on. And then remember that whole like beak reporter came out at the very end, and I was like, I'm f- screwed. I'm like, <laughs> I'm done. I know Pagan, you know, whatever it was. Yeah. And then the guy turned out to be wrong. And um, but but you know, like, but I mean, certainly, like I, I think this year, um, you know, th- there's like a comfort zone in terms of like d- drafting like the 150s and the 400s like from what I've seen like the relief pitching is like kind of identical like maybe like people in the 150 may like forget about Canable for like a round but really like no one no one slips like that you'd want past 90 um and it, it, it I like to wait and try to get like a Jansen or maybe a Chapman um if I can but you know it's tough Speaking in New York a lot of people are worried about Chapman are you they're going to roll him out there until his arm falls off. I, like, yeah. I, you know, like, and, and, you know, if they don't, you know, you there's Chad Green and Loizaka, you know, you can take it, you know, maybe one of them pick 350 or 400 and I back him up.
0: I've taken Chapman a bunch of times. I just find it really tough to take Ch- uh, Loisaga or Green where they're going because there's just so yeah, many yeah. other good players around there. I just, I honestly, I, I have it in my head to back him up, but I can never I do it because I'm like, there are players in that range where there's just, I just feel they're way more
2: valuable. I a hundred percent agree, and it's funny. Like I said that, but like I haven't really followed through with it. Um, I can't because yeah, I know. That, I, and that's I feel that's you. that's
0: the drawback in terms of drafting Chapman because you can't back you can't draft his backup. Whereas yeah. like um, Iglesias, like you can easily get Mike Mayers, uh, who yeah. you, I guess you assume is his backup. It's like I almost like forget about him because no one no one wants him at the end. So yeah. I don't like. But the thing is. Like I think he has just as, as much of a chance to be that like handcuff as we don't even know if it's like or green. Whereas I guess mayors, I guess he is, but um, yeah, I, I, I just find that to be an advantage. Um, just For one sure. note, one note here mm-hmm. about the um, just, I think I just found it interesting. It's not a question. Last year, there was 40, uh, 4,545 draft champions um, entries across 303 leagues. Um, 445 entries were $400 and um, 4,140 were 150s, and I think there were 60 that were um, uh, four-digit entries, so 1000 to $2,500 entries for anyone that's interested in that information. Um, looking at some of your specific DCs, DC 23. Mm-hmm. So you did yep. 43 of them. You named them just DC or 400. Talk mm-hmm. about winning that league, and you and you drafted Mondesi, Glasnow, Corey Seeger, <laughs> Steven Strasberg. Tommy Fam, all in the first ten rounds, and you also had Ryan Braun. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Talk about that, but I, but I'll, I'll help you out here. You had Trevor Rogers, Clace, Class A, Kimbrell, Romano, all the guys you mentioned um, mm-hmm. as well. So, but it seems it seems real tough to 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 win a league like that. Talk about winning a league um, like that.
2: Okay, like I, I think this is like really like um, less skill than luck and I don't want to keep saying luck but like so I, I reviewed that team and you know obviously there was a lot of whiffs up top there um but like you know we're all going to have our misses and then there's stars that we're not going to draft you know Phil talks about Vlad Otani but you know the results are accumulation of all your picks and so while there were those misses up front you know I had Jonathan Scope at 373 Elias Diaz at 525 Josh Rojas at 618 Wright at 463 Trevor Rogers at 408, Kimberl and Romano at 200, and also Musgrove, Urias, and uh, Glasnow are pitchers. So, you know, I left myself zero room for air and the late round guys hit. And I, that ratio of guys that hit late, I don't think I could, is repeatable. And so I would say like, if I drafted that team in 10 leagues, like maybe one would come through the way this one came through. Um, but for the most part, those would be, you know, teams where, you know, all year you're sitting in whatever to place.
0: So I was thinking while well, you're just talking about that, and that's a great explanation is that these DCs, first of all, you, you got it. You got to do it one way or another. You got to hit on your yep. early players or you got to, or you got to make bank later. And mm-hmm. the other thing is that I'm realizing, um, talking to you is that, a winning team can have holes. Like you don't have mm-hmm. to, you don't have to fill in all your holes in the GC because everyone's working on a, on an even playing field. You, mm-hmm. you can have misses and you don't have to make up for all of your misses. As long as you have those um, like a couple like stars that you hit on a couple, a couple bingos uh, you can, you can like, even if you bingo like three guys later, you can miss mm-hmm. on five guys in, in the earlier rounds, I think, because everyone's going to have holes on their
2: team. Yeah, yeah, for, yeah, for sure. And I mean, I don't want to talk too many about my teams from last year because people probably think it's boring. But like I, in, in one of my thirds, I was, or one of my main events, I was able to salvage third. And my first four picks were Freeman, Mondesi, Snell, and Ozuna, I think. But, you know, it came, I, I got, you know, there was on the waiver wires, there was uh, Luis Garcia, Renfro, mm-hmm. uh, and Jazz Chisholm, you know? Yep. Big, that big, was big Yep. Yes. Yeah. Yep. 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 Exactly. You pick up, so. you pick
0: up jazz in the main. He wasn't, he Yeah. Week
2: one, week one. Vlad wow. was, uh, he wasn't drafted. Yeah. No, Vlad mentioned him early on and, uh, and I looked and he was there and I was like, holy wow. smokes. Yeah. Nice. So nice. yeah, I got lucky. Um,
0: so looking at some of the, like, again, looking back at some of your teams, your second place teams, like you had a bunch of second places in the one fifties. Um, yeah. What do you think makes, what do you think would like you need to make that leap from a second place team uh, to a first place team? What are you going to do differently to say like, okay, I'm looking at my second place teams. How do I make those second places first?
2: Yeah. You know, sometimes you just look at the league leader and the guy's sitting at 130 points and you're at 110 and like, you're kind of helpless, you know, especially in a DC. Um, But, you know, I, I think it's important to like pound in bats and innings pitched And uh, in reviewing kind of like what I did last year, it's very clear to me, like I got to get better at properly drafting speed. Um, I owned like 11 shares of Mondesi last year, which was like 20% of my teams. And and that hail Mary just like, didn't work. Um, You know, like taking the best player available instead of like drafting the player that was right for me, who would give me like stolen bases, um, you know, like didn't work you know the idea of like you're sitting there in draft like I'll, I'll i'll push off stolen bases um you know so again like it's the idea of like remaining balanced within that draft room and like not getting behind in a category or losing discipline um and for me that was certainly speed last year and i've really tried to pick that up this year do you ever go
0: into the drafts knowing the opponents very well like obviously we've talked about them and do you ever change <laughs> your strategy up um in the early rounds knowing what they'll do uh, I mean, I, I joined my first 400 now, and, and I got Dalton Del Don in it, and um, mm-hmm. he went, like, he did his usual thing, and, <laughs> and Modica went seven straight hitters drafting yeah. right next to him. So he had two extreme strategies, but I was getting nothing yeah. out of it because they were both offsetting each other. Um, yeah. Do
2: you ever, like, do you ever play the opponents rather than the cards? You know what? Like, not really. And, like, it, it just feels like the DCs, especially the 400s, like, I mean – my vocabulary is not very good, but it feels like they're a little incestual. Like it's, it feels like it's the same 20 guys and all yeah. the four honeys. And um, you know, like, so it, the competition's always going to be stepped up, but um, I will say this, like what I learned last year in reviewing the DCs is like, you can win them both Delton, Delton's ways and also Modica's ways. And a lot of my success in the four honeys last year came from taking like four hitters um, and then, you know, catching, catching a little fire with the pitching. And, and, you know, last year, those guys we talked about earlier, but, you know, I don't know this year if it's like the pitchers around like pick 90, like if it's like the Darvish or the Rogers or the Snell, or if it's like the Mania, you know, Luis Garcia, uh, the other guy in Oakland Bassett, like, I don't know if it's that grouping or, or what it is, but there's different ways to get there talked a little bit about like how you improved from last year are you are you
0: changing things up like even did you change things up things up did you change things up during the year last year at all um looking at what other players are doing would you, were you taking did you start taking up like starting pitching earlier um have a have a bigger focus on relief pitching um I guess during the year last year or even coming into this year
2: yeah I, I really like really by the end of the year was like really focused on it it, it felt like there was like I don't know, hundred players. And like, those were the only guys I wanted. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, one of the things I also learned from last year was um, like tracking your teams like week to week and their performance. Like I-, I couldn't figure out how to like look back at a previous week and see how I, how much I improved or failed uh, or, you know, it- within a category. So like I-, I kept Excel spreadsheets and, you know, another thing I was doing was like, I was like looking at all the main events, fabs every monday or tuesday and like seeing who took who and like you know where they took them and and if i own those players and if they were still available in my league so um yeah those were a couple things that i think helped for sure were you looking um, at the main event fab and, and applying it to like maybe start decisions in your dcs yeah absolutely and I, i'll say another thing like shout out to those rasball guys i mean sometimes they come off a little goofy but like they know their shit and like their like forecaster for each week is like pretty pretty damn good and um, you know, they're a little bit against the green in terms of like the way that the the philosophy of like drafting and, um, they also get there. So, um, yeah, for sure. Like you know the the rasball was super helpful with that too in terms of setting lineups
0: that's something that uh, i should look into i i'm, I'm, should, I'm starting yeah. to get into a um, I'm, tr- I'm starting to look into a lot of other resources because i didn't use anything last year yeah. really at all uh, yeah. aside for aside from vlad's fab article so the rasball like i think rudy gamble like he just from listening to him he must like he looks like a, he sounds like a genius man like i think yeah. he, like I, i'm not yeah. talking about anyone else from that site but him mm-hmm. man like he um he's legit. I should really, yeah, for sure. Stuff.
2: But, um, yeah. what else do you, you, you use Rotolab? Um, you know, what? I don't, I, I I don't, that that's draft software, right? Or yeah, is I, that? Yeah. Yeah. I haven't. Yeah. I, you know, I, I just like, I keep track of my drafts on an Excel spreadsheet and like what I have. And like, I, I know, kind of know what I need. And I feel like sometimes like, um, you know, like, yeah, like I can lose focus on where I'm at if I'm too worried about other people. And like, I think that just kind of goes back to like playing sports, whatever college high school, like, you know, like let's just take care of our side and like, you know, everything else will like kind of work itself out. Right. So what,
0: what um, so do you look at, you look at your team based on projections uh, during your draft? Like, and if you do, which
2: ones you use? Yeah, for sure. Like, you know, like I'll, I'll use, um, you know, like rotowire, you know, steamer, those guys, uh, Todd Zola at masters ball. Um, you know, I'll always take a peek at like VDP, what Vlad's doing. Um, and then I also just have like a running spreadsheet of like notes I take on like every podcast I listen to. And like it's thousands of items long. And like I'll just control F and find a player on there. And, you know, if few fits, awesome. um, I'll have notes on him. So yeah. Cool. So, you know, like
0: you're looking at your player shares and pulling up the page. I, I actually spent oh, too much time looking, <laughs> looking at your teams la- uh, from last year because everything. You had to go, you had to go into the, the overall standings and you had to pull up each of your teams, copy and paste the draft board into Excel. And then I did a pivot table, getting your player shares. So just looking at that, like, there's a lot of like complete misses, like looking at yep. your player share page, like Gregory Polanco was your most owned player. Chris Archer was second. Um, like, are you going back to the well on any of these guys that just were like complete
2: misses? Um, I'm looking like, down the list. I mean, yeah, like I mean, Gregory Polanco. I mean, like I don't want to waste no. too much time. Obviously yeah, not. he's gone. Yeah, yeah, he's gone now. But you know, like um Edward Cabrera. I mean, for sure. Um, looking at yeah, you had, at you had eighteen shares, or you no, had
0: seventeen shares of forty-three DCs. So that's pretty heavily invested. In yeah,
2: America. yeah, yeah. You know, like Alicia Hernandez. Or I still don't know how to say his first name. Like for sure, you know, he got hurt um you know jordan montgomery i guess his peripherals were great but like i just feel like he never put it together on the he was field. an industry
0: darling everyone was yeah him.
2: yeah and i just it just I, I i'm a yankees fan and like i just i it just feel like it didn't materialize but i know this year he's, you know he looks good you i think know, we, Will, i think
0: we'd be, we'd be remiss to step back uh, if we didn't step back for a second sure. and blame toby g for your gregory polanco <laughs> for your 27 shares of gregory polanco uh, okay it, so can you,
2: can you can you blame him for any of that like it's okay uh, he's dear, like, dear, dear toby my name sure. is Jimmy and I have a Gregory Polanco problem because you yeah, <laughs> you put the needle in my hand, man. No, it was just, you know, it was early on and like Toby kind of like he kind of mentioned him. It was like real low-key at the end of a podcast. He was like, young guy, power speed. think he was coming off a shoulder injury. And I was like, and he was so cheap. And you know what? Like, Toby's brilliant. He does great work. And yeah, and like absolutely. frankly, he's helped me so much, it doesn't even know it. So uh, but yeah, I mean it's hilarious. And and uh you know, when you look at at, at the, end, and I think that's a good important topic to talk about too. When you look at like these DCs, like we're going to have so many misses. And I feel like, you know, when we get to like drafting season for this year, which we've been in for several months, like, I feel like I have this purchase. I have like a built-in forgetter where like, I just forget about what a battle of attrition uh, a DC is. And, you know, you're sitting there in August and you're starting 23 guys. You've 27 guys on your bench. And it, sometimes it feels like 20 of them you can't use whether they're hurt, demoted, traded, you know. So really, like you have seven usable pitchers and and bats, and um, you know, I, he, it's why every pick's important, and like you can't waste picks. And like I don't really draft rookies, um, you know, um, so on and so forth. You just you really want those at bats and and innings pitched, and um, yeah. I think Rob has always talks about that, like DPA about when he won and how he did it, and like. That's what you want to win. You want to win ABS bs and, and it's fetched. Right.
0: Players moving up the board, mm-hmm. like as, as draft season goes on, are there yep. players that like you were passing on, that you passed on earlier and now you're like even reaching even further, um, even earlier now?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Like,
0: yeah. And you look back like, I could have had this guy at 300 <laughs> and now I'm taking him at pick 240.
2: Um, yeah. Maybe his initials are B-O. I don't know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know for sure, and like you know, I, like I think one guy, like if if you're just like working backwards, like I'll say like Alex Cobb, you know, like I, I remember like passing up on him, and like I feel like it was like the 19th round, you yeah. know, which is a close to pick 300. Now, like if you want him, you got to go at 200. And um, you know, like for sure, I mean everyone's favorite Dylan Cease, you know, like passing him up like at like you know I don't know pick like 90, you yeah. know, to draft to draft like a uh, you know Darvish, and and again like so. You know, I and I think like one of the reasons I like to start drafting early is because like it gives you a point of reference for like the market changing and like the 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 market the draft rooms are like they're live and they're they're breathing and like by continuing to draft and you don't have to draft a thousand teams at once you can just kind of stay active like you can really track it and see it in real time um, player player movement.
0: Yeah. No, I agree. That's why I'm, I'm ABD. Always be drafted. Yeah. And you can, like the, the ADP that you, you even see on the, in the draft room or the ADP that you yeah. see when you filter it by, uh, by date, it's not the same as being there uh, and knowing sure. and knowing the players. So yeah, you're yeah. like, again, again, you're a guy I hate drafting with. You're, you're taking these, you're taking the guys that you know it that have to be moved up there's another I know you take you take a guy around the 240s all the time that I that I know that I'm if I pass on him <laughs> he's not coming back there's a guy in the early 300s that's a pitcher in the al East that um, around you're, you're taking him ahead of his adp every fucking time and I'm taking I'm getting him in all my drafts that you're not in um, So <laughs> uh, we'll see how that guy turns out um, For sure uh, Mon is sorry go ahead
2: I, you know, I, I just, before, I know we got a lot going on. I just wanted to tell the story of how you won the online auction championship, because first off it's impressive. And I was there with you. And, uh, and, and, and so this is kind of how it went. Like I feel like Brian Jenner was leading most of the year. It was yeah. him or another guy. And um, he was, you know, I, I yeah, sure. I, I was like lurking and I started to move up like towards the the end of like the summer And you came on in August and like, it's just props to you, everything you were doing, you blew by us in August and then literally just kept increasing your lead. I remember hearing you talk about it. I think maybe with like Phil later on in the year when you both were, were winning overalls. Um, And it was just like impressive, man. And like, I feel like people don't know that story, but like, it was like a beautifully run race. So congrats again. Thanks. That was, I, that was sweet. No, I appreciate yeah. that, man. We got to, yeah. we got to keep all the,
0: keep all the hardware in Canada, me and Phil <laughs> and generous, generous from Canada too. And I think that For sure. I'm pretty sure the, um, I don't know him, but I think the, either one, the, uh, cut line is from Canada too. So let's uh, keep this going. Nice. Keep, keep, keep you guys keep, are doing great. You fucking Americans out of here. Um, so okay. no, I, no, I, I, I appreciate <laughs> that. Yeah. Mondesi. Are you back? Are you, you know what i at? That is like reduced cost because you had, um, how many shares in 11 11
2: or 12 yeah,
0: yeah. um and, and he was not on a lot of, he was on one of your teams that cashed, or yeah they finished one, one or two so if he was on your team it was bad news it,
2: it, it was yeah it was and and like i drafted a lot of him and rob silver when he published that article and wrote a wire about monesty like i just kind of knew the jig was up man i was like <laughs> i'm screwed and yeah. You know, the, the way I kind of backed into that. And, and again, like, you know, like I try to learn from everybody, but you know, sometimes even the best guys are going make mistakes. Like I was in a, D- a DC with, um, two of Brian, actually, whatever, pardon, I'm not going to say else, with two really great players. One of them's a hall of famer. And, uh, I saw them at the tail end of, of round one, two double up on this Freeman, Freddie Freeman, Mondesi, um, you know, pick and, you know, I was just never comfortable last year drafting at the tail end of round one. And I I, I got to get better at that. And I think I kind of like lazily defaulted to that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and like, you know, when you think about it, like it, it, the idea of drafting Monacy in itself, like it allows you to be completely undisciplined the rest of the draft. Like you just take whatever you want because like you got your speed <laughs> covered. And like, and like frankly, like it all just folds inward and blows up. Um, and, you know, this year, I think like, it's interesting, you know, you know, if he's like, I don't know, around five or six, but like still like, it just, it doesn't work out for me. And I actually did take him early on in a couple of drafts when I was like, <laughs> you know, still learning, uh, this year and, and reviewing last year. And I really didn't realize how much of a kind of grenade he'd been last year for me. So, um, but I've kind of held off since. So right on. I know you're out, right? I'm yeah. yeah I'm out on Mondesi. I've yeah.
0: always been out on him. Um, yeah. Yeah. He's a, he's a, he's a tough one. Um, Yeah. Rob, like Rob, Rob's pretty like um, over the, over the years, like I've realized he's got like a good sense of things. Um, Like when I remember it sticks out to me uh, when he said that if Vlad falls to him in round three, he's like, you better take Vlad in round three because mm-hmm. i'm taking him if you don't mm-hmm. and because yeah. that, that's when people were like he was falling a little bit to round four and like even early like in the early draft season round five um but like he was right on him he's got a good sense of things sometimes like you can't tell when people are are saying truths or not on twitter like i know mm-hmm. idiots on twitter just saying bullshit stuff but yeah. um for sure like but yeah but no he was he was serious about that so he's got a, he's mm-hmm. got a he's got a pretty good gut for these things so he's a guy that mm-hmm. um, when he says something yeah yeah you, you, you kind of listen and you listen for sure um yep. what else we got to talk about gallo um talk about how you, how, you, how you win with joey gallo you had a ton of him how many of him did you have more than uh, modesty
2: yeah,
0: yeah how happy were you when shirts. you went to uh, the yankees are you are you a Yankee I, fan or Mets fan I,
2: yanks yanks i i was pretty Figure. fired up and and like you know what like it just like when you look at his splits, even after he got there, I think his batting average was actually worse than it was in Texas. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I think I got, it a little. It, it was right. Like he was like 191 maybe with the Yanks. And you know, there's the idea that like, I think I got a little drunk on the power, the counting stats from a guy who could throw in some stolen bases and like, you know, you just praying for that high Babbitt season again. And what I've learned is like praying for high Babbitt seasons usually doesn't work out. Um, and uh but you know that said like i did have some success with him like you know you do have to build the right team with him and, and prop up your batting average for sure and you know what like if he goes down your batting average just goes up um and i do feel like he's a different beast than modesty just because you're relying on modesty for like basically your sole performance in a certain category you know gal is just bad at one thing yeah. um and and so it's a, it's a little bit different and and again like we keep talking about Rob. I, I know he, he he was out the other day on uh, his podcast with, with Jeff, and he was just like, it's suicide. Like, you can't do it. And, and, like, you know, there's, like, different ways to look at different players, and, like, we don't have to agree on everything, and sometimes it works, and sometimes you end up, you know, ranked last in batting average because Jimmy drafted 19 shares of Joey Gallo. So. Yeah. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm with Rob
0: on that. I've yeah. never drafted Gallo in my life. Um, yeah. But I'm starting to maybe think... It could be worth it because I've, draft, I've drafted Adam Duvall. Like, how much yep. different is that? And I, I, I think in a draft, I took Duvall over Gallo um, mm. in one of these drafts.
2: So, yeah, ro- yeah, wrote a wire uh, Jeff's projections, like, really like um, Duvall. And I, I think he asked him for like a 230 average, so like a higher average, uh, which yeah. like props him up to like a $17 player. I don't know if he's going to get there, but um, for he's sure. Gonna have, he's going to uh, have yeah. a terrible Babbitt, probably. <laughs> um, <laughs>
0: So a lot of a lot of these a lot of the players had a lot of success. Um, and we're running on time, we're running a little bit sure. short on time here, had a lot of success um drafting yep. bounce backs. How is important how important is it bounce back? Because you know, I know that um Casey Chaw is a guy that had a lot of success doing that. I think he had a lot of the the, the AL Central players. Talk about mm-hmm. um some backs, talk about maybe if you if you want to list some players yeah. talk about yeah, some yeah. players that you're that you're interested in.
2: Yeah, I mean, if you just go into an NFC, NFBC draft room and go from like pick 90 to 120, it is just like it, that's like for me, like just like the first group, I think of just like obvious bounce backs. I mean, like, excuse me, nothing's obvious. Um, I I think one of the things you got to look at is like, this guy's had a proven track record for X number of years. Last year he was hurt or he just had a bad year. I mean, like we've played sports, like every game, you're not going to be great, whatever, you know? Um, and so I, you know, I, I, think if you build the right team, um, you know, and you, and you set yourself up, like you're risk averse. Like, I think it's okay to jump in and like take these bounce backs. So you, know, you have like the U Darvish, the Snell, the, um, Yellich, the Bellinger, the Rendon. I mean, I know he's injury prone DJ Lemayhew, like a lot of those guys, um, you know, and they're, and they're sitting there. So if you, if you have the right team, um, I think it's okay to, uh, you know, pounce.
0: Who's your favorite one
2: of the guys you just listed?
0: Um, Belly? You
2: know what? I think it's LeMahieu. I, I, I you know, like. Ah, Yankee. Everyone I talked is a fucking homer on here. You got okay. Vlad with the Dodgers.
0: You got yeah, Jake and Dave with the Indians. You got Dusty Wagner drafting every fucking
2: Astro player. Like, everyone's a homer. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Like, you're, you're right. You're right. Uh, but I just, you know what it is? <laughs> It, when you, in a DC, when you have that triple eligibility, like, like when you're in the draft room, like you can't conceive all the problems your roster is going to have in August. And like when you have the ability to flex him around, it, it just feels like it's a lifesaver to like ensure you get those played appearances. Um, so
0: DC as a DC play. I, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for I sure. get it. Um, trying to, trying to fly, fly through this. Um, sure. Looking, yep. at your, looking at your teams, like from last year, I'll just, I'm going to go through what I have uh, yeah. and then you can comment on it because I went through in a lot of detail. Um, you didn't have a lot of the breakout guys. You had no Webb, no Freddie Peralta, no Tyler O'Neill. Correct me if I'm wrong. Brendan Rogers, Mullins, none of those guys. You had a bunch of Trevor Rogers, uh, but not a ton of him. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot, uh, Mondesi, again, like one of your eleven good teams. He was on. You, you had mm-hmm. eight, eight Blake Snell. Like one team did well. Carrasco, same thing. You have ten of him. Yep. Um, a lot of misses, man. Like Strasburg, Austin yep. Meadows. Um, yep. You had a really a lot of success drafting Garrett Cole. Um, mm-hmm. Six of your nine Cole shares ended up with like a first or second place finish. Um, mm-hmm. Again, Gregory Polanco, big miss. But um, mm-hmm. you hit you hit on the old guys: Yuli Vado, Melanson, Romano. Mm-hmm. And just going through your teams, and I'm, I, I look at who you targeted in each round. So I'll go through the twelve rounds and what you yeah. what you really looked at in each of those rounds. First round, your most targeted player was Garrett Cole. Second round was Mondesi or Luis Castillo. Not good. Mm-hmm. Third round, Eloy or JTR. Mm-hmm. That, that, that worked out when you got GTR. Fourth round, your most targeted player was Snell, uh, not good. Fifth was Carrasco or Strasburg. Um, so this doesn't sound like a t- like a guy that did well last year. Six, six and seventh were six and seven were Meadows and Nelson Cruz. Eighth mm-hmm. round, you pounced on Gosman. Ninth was Musgrove. So that that was your money maker there. Yep. Gosman and Musgrove. Yep. Uh, Chris Bryant in round ten was a, was a winner. And eleven and twelve was littered with Joey
2: Gallo. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that,
0: that was, that, those are your players. Let me maybe briefly comment on that.
2: Yeah. Y- yeah. You know, I, again, I think the key was hitting on pitching with like that, that Gaussman Musgrove Urias, um, you know, Lopez group there, um, y- you know, uh, Cole obviously just held everything down up front, but you know, Snell closed strong, um, you know, Eloy, again, like, we all expected that breakout, but like he just got hurt. And uh, you know, JTR worked Meadows was fine. Um, you know, we just all thought he'd have that power speed and the speed never came to fruition. And you know what, like I also had a lot of Nelson Cruz and, um, you know, talking about Rob, his rant on Nelson Cruz, like, it's just, uh, you know, I, I followed through with that. So, you know, I, I think it was, it was, it was especially those pitchers, um, though.
0: Right. All right. We're going to be, we got, we got Jeopardy to do, but before I'm I'm, going to invite, we got our two, uh, our two contestants, we got Aaron and he's done some videos, um, on uh, fantasy, his uh, his his name is Fantasy T ball on Twitter. Uh, those videos are fucking weird. Um, and then we also got uh, um, what's his name? Um, who is this guy? Poundstone, Rick Rick Poundstone coming on. Um, so we're going to invite those guys on. But while we wait for them, mm-hmm. um, we're, I got I got some questions for you. you got, like just a, sure. basically agree or disagree. Sure. Um, so one. Um, Seventh and eighth round seventh and eighth round picks fail all the time. Why not take the chance on like a, a Belichick or Yellinger or like any higher risk player? Like we're talking yeah. DCs. Why like when people say why not just take a, a risk on these guys because these picks fail all the time? Do you agree with that yeah. like logic? Yes or no?
2: um i i agree that you should take them and you can take them if like your team is like y- you don't have an injury riddled roster up front in the first you know five rounds um you know y- you want to have solid guys that are playing every day not with like long lengthy injury histories. so if and you're set- like Degrom, yeah you can't start with like Degrom, Mondesi, and you know whoever else and then and then pounce on those guys um i think you want to ensure playing time up front right
0: okay um
2: so, are you taking Degrom this year or no? I took him early on in a couple of drafts. It's one of those things. He's either going to play and be a stud, or I, I think he's probably going to be out all year. And I haven't drafted him since. Um, you know, we'll see in spring training. It doesn't even really matter what we see because you know, you know, who knows if he'll last more than a game or he'll pitch all thirty-two. You know.
0: Right on. Okay. So um, next question: the ante's gone up on closers.
2: Yep. Pay it or be left in the dust. Yes or no? You got to pay it. It it hurts, but we need saves to compete. And, um, you know, again, like I hit last year on the dark throws. I hit on the Melanson and the Kimbrel and the Romano, but like that, that was a lottery ticket. And like, I don't think that's recreatable. So um, I think you got to pay the freight up front. All right. Um, You cannot draft rookies in DCs. Yes or no? You can, but it's not going to be for me. Um, Like I said, like in August, you're going to have seven bench players that you can actually use. And I don't want to make that six by drafting a rookie who I thought was going to be called up. Who's not. Okay. Next. It's important you diversify if you're doing 50 leagues like we do. Mm -hmm. Um, The top four rounds, I'd say yes. But like I said before, like I never ordered a watered down drink in my life. And like, I don't want like a watered down roster either. Like, you know what, if we're wrong, we'll come back to the table next year, but like, let's trust our process and our guys late. All right. Last question.
0: You should pick and choose your opponents carefully in the lobby at the NFBC.
2: I don't pay attention to that. Like the best guys are in the NFBC. And as the entries go up, they're all in there. You can't avoid them and you get better from playing with them and watching them and learning from what they do throughout the season.
0: Okay. Right on. We're done. Now we got cool. jeopardy. We, we got, Let's do it. Uh, we, we got 25 minutes to get through this because I got an online auction. I got to defend my championship. I'm doing that <laughs> in 25 minutes. Like, I, I've done no prep where we're going. I'm going right into it. I'm also on the clock in this fucking $400 DC that I'm in with Brian Seymour. Um, so we're going to welcome our guests and we've got Jeopardy. I'm going to share my screen and how, how this works is you just type, if you want to buzz in, you type the number one in the chat. So everyone find their chat. We got Jamie. Who the hell is this? Aaron? You, what, what? What? How are you doing? Why does it say Jamie?
1: I'm logged in under a family member's account apparently, but yes, this is Aaron.
0: Okay. This is Aaron from fantasy T-Ball. He does those really weird videos that are also awesome. I love them. I was like, I, I, I was the one you did last night with the, um, I like i apologize the one you were talking about having a stroke i like, yeah. i wasn't i wasn't laughing at you having the stroke but i was literally like howling and my wife
1: was like what are you listening to and i'm like this i i, I don't know just so like That was that was perfect when the cat jumped on screen the, the that one was, category player is that, was, that was planned that or no was beautiful no that was not planned
0: okay so great uh, we got rick poundstone here rick
1: this is uh i am I'm, I'm rick
3: poundstone um I am the uh, audio producer for uh, Fantasy Baseball Blanks uh, with a guy we call Tidbit, Tidbit Nibble. You may know, you know I think he used to be called Brian. I, he's not really doing that anymore, but you may be able to tell. I, I have a bit of a sleep apnea issue. But, uh, I, I'm glad to be here, Zach. I'm just happy to be part of the club.
0: Oh, well, great, Um I was afraid you weren't going to be able to um, sign on because of um... – I wasn't really sure that your IT um, skills were up to par, but um, I guess you you're able to sign on to.
3: Hey, they call me the gunslinger. They call me the gunslinger back in the day. I'm, I'm a hell of an IT guy. That's not, that's not something I'll tolerate you saying, buddy, but uh, I'm really excited to play Jeopardy tonight here, here, Alex.
0: <laughs> All right, Rick. Um, well, thanks again for coming on. we got Rick and Aaron as our special guests and they're going to compete against uh Jimmy G of the NFBC, so yeah, here we go, we, we'll, well let's go with the categories, I'll, I'll list the categories, two guys, there's five categories, there's no Final Jeopardy, just the uh, high score wins, um, here we go, the first category that we have, and can you see the screen? Yep.
3: Yes, yeah.
0: yep. all right, the first category is Chris Towers and his pets that are better than him mid fantasy, um, the next category is Brian Seymour, I know it's, he's not here, but um, we can. I'm sure he'll be fine with that, uh, the next category after that is Aaron's Videos. Aaron being you in the red shirt there, Aaron. And the fourth category is Bobby Big Bucks. So you know Bobby Cram He's a category today. And then um, the fifth category is Rick Poundstone and his wife.
3: So that's you, Rick. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. I'm a little afraid of that one there, buddy.
2: Okay, we'll, let our, we'll, we'll, let our, we'll give our guest uh, control of the board. Uh, I am going to go to Brian Seymour for 500. He's the reason I learned about the NSBC like 10 years ago with the come at me Bro" auction. All right. All right. So Brian Seymour for 500.
0: This category is people, um, the uninformed public want canceled. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Christ. Okay. So the question is, you okay there, Rick? Rick, you okay?
1: You sound choked up, Rick. I hope you're okay.
0: All right. Okay. So the <coughs> question, excuse me, White
3: Castle. Burger.
0: Okay. The question is, again, Brian Seymour for five hundred. This player had the highest home run per nine of his career in 2021, while posting a 2.59 ERA, posting top 30 pitcher value in 2021, earning him earning more than Nate Evaldi. Okay. So Jimmy Jimmy G the first to chime in and, Bassett. Um, incorrect you're not you're minus 500 jimmy
2: way to go Jumbo.
0: so next uh is rick
3: Pounds. yes yeah, yeah i'm gonna go with uh is it met uh she um, just had uh, that's the quarterback um is there a time here do i have a but is there a buzzer i don't uh
0: you got until i gotta do my auction at eight o'clock but uh, please don't take that long okay um
3: Oh, shit. I'll do Matt Harvey.
0: No, it's not Matt Harvey. Negative 500 for you. Aaron, do you want to chime in here?
1: Uh, I don't have a guess on this one.
0: Okay. So the answer is Trevor Bauer, actually. Ooh.
2: Rick, <sighs> um, I don't know. So Trevor Bauer. The Dark Knight. Um, tr- Zach, let me ask you a question. What are you doing with Bauer? Or what, is, what is everybody doing with Bauer? I mean... I know that news came out. I, I've seen him go as late as like four, 450 in draft. Now he's kind of moving up. Like, what do you guys think happens? Um, well, now he's going. He just went in
0: what round of this draft uh, that I'm in? I think around 14 or just, like he's now, he's yeah. now in the, he's now like covering around 200 in these um, draft champions leagues. Like, is he going to play? Yeah, he's going to play. I think he is. He is. I, okay. I, I, okay. I don't know. What do you think? I think because, first of all, um, there's no criminal investigation. So now it's a matter of if MLB and the Dodgers, what they want to do with it. Um, okay. So I think that the Dodgers, like, I don't think, first of all, I don't think the MLB can suspend him for more than 80 games, which he's already served. Right. Okay. And then they, they gave Ozuna a 20 game suspension.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So they're not going to give Bauer four times a suspension for something that a nothing came up of it. Nothing came up of it criminally. And it's not his family. Like it was Ozuna. So mm-hmm. worst case, they can slap him toward four times a suspension, which is which would be ludicrous, and okay. he would already have served that, so it would just be about the money. So he'd obviously appeal it and be eligible to play right away. Uh, mm. It's a matter of the Dodgers, what the Dodgers going to do with him? They could unload him, they could try to trade him, they could just cut him. Who knows what's going to mm-hmm. happen? Maybe they can just like the question is, does he get like boycotted by the league? And okay, th- that's the big risk I think. Um, but like the, the, I was talking to someone the other day, and it's like, what what do you? Like would would it would another team would another team take him on? And okay. um I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll talk maybe that's something we can talk about later. Rick, you got any, mm-hmm. any thoughts?
3: Oh, I don't. I'm I'm not gonna say that man's name. That's not something I'm not talking about him today.
0: <laughs> oh, all right, all right. Let's move on then. So I guess uh Jimmy, you got control of the board still. All right, let's go to uh Chris. Towers. No, Bobby Big Bucks for uh, 500 please. Bobby Big Bucks for 500 Okay. These are players that are successful by volume only. So they're, they're accumulators. Sorry, Bobby Big Bucks. Um, this player led the MLB in plate appearances last season.
3: Rick. Let's say, oh, damn. Uh, miles, the drink, uh, Miles Strong.
0: No, that's incorrect, Rick. I'm sorry. Minus five hundred for you. A B. all right. Jimmy, is that our man Marcus Simeon? Correct, bingo. You, you, you still know. got control of the board, so you get pick again. Let's Mark. go big bucks for a thousand. Bobby, big sub bucks for a thousand. Again, these are players that are successful just by accumulating a lot. Um, <laughs> This player had had a combined sixteen home runs and stolen bases in over six in. And actually, exactly six hundred twenty-six plate appearances, and is going inside the top three hundred.
3: I mean, what do you think, Max? did you hear the man,
0: Jimmy? Is Jim, like, sorry, like, are you asked. Are you asking your wife, Rick?
2: Well, Jimmy's Jimmy's buzzed. Jimmy's buzzed in, so he's gonna go first. I think this is wrong because I don't think he's in the top three hundred. But Miguel Rojas? No, that's not right.
0: Damn. that's it. Yeah, baby. Okay, Rick, I don't know what's going on there, but what's up? You buzzed, you buzzed we in. Got, we got Josh Rojas. No. Josh? No, you and the wife are wrong. Okay, Aaron.
1: Shit. Who's Harry Crumb? Harry Crumb? <laughs> what, is, what is going on here? Well, the
0: answer is Heimer Kat
2: Ah.
0: That's the answer.
2: He feels Harry. like he's, he's kind of like a God. bailout third baseman this year. For, uh, for some guys. He just is if you of, wait, I yeah.
0: I kind of, I don't know. I'm never getting him. You, yeah. have, you, have, you, have you been drafting
2: him? I got him like once or twice. It just the position was open and like he just kind of felt like, I, I literally just listened to somebody be like, he's the last guy I'd want. And I was like, gulp, took him. So,
0: yeah. What about, what about Simeon? We sort of glossed over that answer. Um, he's he's not going based on what his production was last year. People are expecting regression for, I guess, per, per yeah. play appearance, but also is he going to get that is he going to get the plate appearances again
2: and he he could yeah he could but like the the, the lineups weaker the counting stats maybe weaker and again like just like re- repeating those plate appearances seems tough and also like wasn't he like super efficient on steals like 10 for 11 or something i i i don't know i i not for me all right so who's got control here uh let's go chris towers for 500
0: Chris towers for 500. All right. So this topic is about felines. So like, um, pussies or oh, like in this kitty. case, in this yeah. case, tigers, tigers, in this case, tigers, people like it's, it's like felines, right? So it's like Chris towers and his pets. So, whatever. um, I get it. yeah, Rick. Okay. Yeah. I've
3: got your buddy. All
0: right. So this tiger's pitcher had a 3.03 ERA, when his fastball averaged over 94 miles per hour last year? Jimmy, no, no, sorry, Rick. Or, yeah, Rick's, Rick's, Rick buzzed in.
3: You sure, honey? Huh? Jeff Weaver. Jeff. Uh, no, that is... That Jared.
0: Is, that is incorrect, Rick.
2: Earl? Oh, shit. Okay, um, Jimmy. Uh, Matt... Uh, lefty that got hurt uh boyd Boyd? no yeah damn that that is incorrect damn
1: aaron you got anything i got nothing for you on this one
3: yeah the cube guy got it wrong
1: um the
0: answer i thought you were i thought you were gonna get it jimmy uh matt manning uh so he did he he did have mm. a 3.3.03 era when his fastball was cooking what do you guys think Mm. about him I think he had like he does have some sort of injury I'm hearing about, but um, he's getting drafted fairly decently high for at least what his stats um, yielded last year. Mm. You got any
2: of him? I I don't. I I, know what I have one share from early on and and I just everything I heard has been like so negative about him since and I I haven't gone back into the pool. Uh, I don't know if I'm right or wrong on that.
0: All right. All right. So let's keep going here. Uh, cool. Let's go, Seymour. A thousand. Seymour for a thousand. Again, this these are players um, the uninformed public want canceled. Um, Seymour for a thousand. Here we go. This player is twenty eighth all time, and second on the active list for hits before the age of thirty, only behind uh, Albert Pujols for active players. He is a two eighty lifetime hitter and is also a free agent. Uh, Rick
3: i'm yeah, gonna go with a baby um oh i forgot his damn name uh uh Tre- Tre- trevor book trevor book trevor story
0: no that is incorrect in, in- <sighs> incorrect that was a good guess that was a good guess though damn it.
3: oh thanks bud
0: okay <sighs> correa incorrect All right, Aaron. Any guesses, or do you want to pass?
1: Uh, Korea was going to be my guess. so I, I don't wow. have anything.
0: Look okay, again. This these are people that people want canceled. Does that, does that give you any hint? This is the answer. Is Starlin Castro. Do you think he ends up on a team? Oh, geez. geez. He's, He's under thirty. Well, he not right now, but he he but he was. Um, oh, okay, okay. Aaron's videos one thousand. Aaron's videos were one thousand. Okay. Um, actually this 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 category was supposed to be um, this category was supposed to be um, robocop 4 sergeant stroke so these are these are uh,
3: these are the most these huh. are the most cuz the guy had a stroke
0: these are the most hyped videos on twitter and, and for those of you who don't know Aaron put out a video and he tried to upload a video of himself that he called robocop 4 sergeant stroke so again, these are hyped videos. Um, oh. These are hype videos on Twitter um, for a thousand here. So this pitcher's incredible movement has people drooling, but his 6.16 second half ERA does not.
3: Huh. One of these fad type guys everybody likes. What do you think, caught? Okay.
0: Okay. Jimmy buzzed in. Too late. Haney? Too late, Rick. Haney? Incorrect. We- incorrect. I think, uh, okay, Rick Poundstone, what's up? Uh, uh,
3: yeah, um, Christ or uh, uh, Jesus or Jesus Lazardo.
0: No, that is incorrect, uh, Rick. Um, uh, Aaron, any guess here? Think about videos that everyone loves on Twitter
1: and are getting hype. Um, that the one uh, player is. I'm- his nickname was uh, Baby Shark. I can't remember his real name. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Sounds like our boy. Sounds like your
0: boy.
3: Oh, we have a son. Uh, sorry, go ahead.
0: Okay. Um, uh, I guess the answer. The answer is you. Dar, you Darvish. Hmm. So they, everyone's loving that video where he has all this movement on his pitches, but really, I think if you. If you look at anyone from that angle, they're gonna look amazing. Yes or no?
1: I have seen those videos, yep.
0: So do you, you think that he's uh, anything special? Or do you think that the you think he's like back because the, he looks he looks impossible for you to hit, Aaron? Like do you think you can hit he could hit a you Darvish slider or cutter?
1: I don't think I would have a chance against him. How about you? Uh, no, I don't think so. Maybe if I was bunting. All right. So
0: what's next? We'll go Rick Poundstone. One one thou. Rick Poundtho- Poundstone for one thousand. Okay. So this is actually it's Rick Poundstone and his wife is the category. Oh, and, the, and these are oh, people. Geez. These these are people who have success with sliders. And by sliders, I mean like the burgers.
3: <laughs> oh but, my but it's a goodness, pun. honey. Magpie. I need you to leave the room, honey. Hey, can you go? Can you go fetch me just the? Uh... Yeah, just go give get me a cup of tea, Zach. You sick son of a bitch! I'll tell you right now that that's not something that I'll be able to stand for. I catch enough heat for Brian in the studio. Let's just get this over with I, I, before Max comes back in the room. Jesus H. Mercy!
0: All right. So this player had the highest batting average versus sliders in 2021, with a minute with, at a minimum of uh, 300 plate appearances.
1: Aaron. Juan Soto. That is not correct.
0: Rick, answering your own category.
3: I guess I will. Uh, Guy that knows a lot about sliders, just like me. I'll say Pablo (laughs) Sandoval.
0: No, that's incorrect. Jimmy, Jimmy, you got to guess. Okay. Uh, Let's. uh, Guriel, Yuli. No, the answer is uh, the answer is um, Wander Franco. Think, that like, is what do you think of him?
1: I'm not, we, I'm
0: not drafting him I don't think he's a good I don't think he's as good as a fantasy guy as he is a real life player
2: I, I know and I, I feel the same and I keep passing him up but like what about the idea that like young players just are getting better each year and like it, it's not just like he, he's not just gonna be stuck on like some multiplier of what he did last year I, I just I, I don't know I, I don't I don't know I feel wrong about him but I haven't drafted him at all.
0: I don't know. I just like, if you look at his stats last year, I think he's going to hit for a good average, but I think like he's very similar to like a Corey Seager. So like, why, you know, why draft Wander Franco when you get Corey mm-hmm. Seager or Carlos Correa later? Rick, mm-hmm. Rick, have you done any, dra- any drafts?
3: Have I done any drafts? I'll, are you kidding me? Brian doesn't let me look at his damn computer screen out of the time. I'm not allowed in these drafts rooms. I just, you know, I'm just here for the, the production and all that stuff. I don't even watch baseball guys.
0: Okay. Okay.
3: So,
0: all right, let's wrap it up. We got a couple more categories. We got a couple more questions here. Okay, Rick Poundstone and his wife for five hundred. All right. So let's look at that. This player had the most home runs versus sliders in twenty twenty one. Anyone? Okay, Rick. Or right, we got no. We got Aaron first. Aaron Buzzden. Uh, Aaron buzzed in first.
1: Uh, who is Vlad Junior? Incorrect.
0: Rick.
3: Poundstone, Poundy, what up? Pound, uh, let's go down to Poundtown. I'm gonna say uh, Teoscar Hernandez.
0: That's incorrect, Jimmy. You got a guess on this one, or are you gonna pass? I'm passing. The answer is Pete Alonzo. Big Meat
3: Pete. Mm-hmm.
0: Very, very uh, topical for our sliders um, category.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, you mm-hmm. know, I she's getting me a White Castle downstairs right now. And she'll, we are done with this category, though, right, boys? Mm-hmm.
0: We are done. Like, is it, uh, is the White Castle, like, new? Did you, did, was it Uber Eats or did you, are you warming it up from, was it the leftovers? No,
3: no, 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 no. We just buy it. This is, these are just from the uh, the Costco downtown. We just get the, uh, we get a big, big, big pack and just heat it up. I don't, we don't have any White Castle around here.
0: Oh, okay. Okay, cool. All right. So we got one question, uh, two questions left. You want the Aaron's videos or the Chris Towers? Let's go towers. Thou okay. towers, towers, towers. This this topic is about felines. So pussies are tigers. Um, in this, in this case, to deter tigers. Um, this this tiger's pitcher. This tiger's pitcher is going inside the top two hundred, but had a at a thirteen percent K minus walk and a one point three five whip last year. Rick,
3: Kevin the uh, love of the game. Incorrect. <sighs> Shit.
0: Oh, uh, Eduardo Rodriguez. Incorrect. Ugh. Aaron, you got to guess at this.
1: I feel like you're you're Justin tricking Herlander. us, when, it's, it's Matt Matt Manning again.
0: <laughs> no, he's not going. That guy's not going inside the top two hundred. The answer is um, Gregory Soto. Oh, true story. All right, last question here. We got Aaron's video. Oh, this is actually Robocop four. Um, sergeant stroke which is a video that i have not seen yet which i really should be hyped so these are again the most hyped videos on twitter um th- this next year's robbie ray was the only pitcher with over 100 innings pitched and an era over six and a walk and a, and a over four walk per nine but his video have, has people going gaga is that I'm rick a
3: lady.
0: is that rick again
3: i'm just talking to my wife buddy
0: okay is he an, is he an al east pitcher but no he's not an al east pitcher. okay what is what, what, the, the guy in the video who was going is that is that a an answer aaron or what
3: <laughs> i don't think the listeners can, see. can the listeners see i uh, see no, what aaron did
0: your IT, you should like a, like a like a, uh, he,
1: he was throwing he was thr- he was throwing like a chat put. I can't remember. Okay.
3: I I don't use Zoom. Are we, is, that the, uh, is this Aaron, over? Are you about are the we still on?
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Aaron, no, that's that's like, we can't accept like um like body language as answers. So um, uh, does anyone else want to chime in here? Zach, I'm out, man. I got nothing. All right, Rick. Rick. Rick's chimed in here.
3: What do you got? I unmute this. Oh, honey, it's muted. I'm trying to get back on to answer the. I can't unmute the fucking but shit. I can't. Can you guys hear me? I don't know what's going on here. Am I on? Yeah, you're on. Oh, Jesus. Um. Uh. Antoine Randall L. I, I forget what the question was. I'm sorry, guys. So
0: the question was: um, hundred over 100 innings pitched, over six ERA, and over four walk per nine. Only play, only player to accumulate these terrible stats, where people are loving the um, the video
3: of him. Oh, Dallas Keuchel.
0: No, that's incorrect. The answer Jeez. is Mitch Keller. What do you guys think about Mitch Keller?
1: Never heard is, of is he the next Robbie Ray? I saw he was getting some some hype from some of the uh, analysts. Like who? I had a stroke. I don't remember. You, is this like is this like a thing Aaron? <laughs> I mean that that's what I tell my wife when I can't remember things, but <laughs> I, I sincerely don't remember.
0: All right, well. Okay, that's about the end of Jeopardy. I think there was a big success. Like Jimmy G, the NFBC's Jimmy G, as uh, as, as Rick said, that, that, that the cute guy uh, here, um, he wins um, obviously. Like clearly, he wins. I don't need to tally up this tour. I appreciate um, J- Jimmy Jimmy Gable coming on the show. Thanks, um, Zach. Exactly. No, I really appreciate. It. We had we had a good, we had a good session before these clowns came on here and uh, provided us with basically nothing for this on uh, the segment. Um, <laughs> But maybe we maybe we get to know Call them a me little Fucking bit. clown. Okay, Rick. Let's 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 talk. I appreciate you, Rick, coming on the show. Um, why don't you tell us a about, bit about yourself? Like, I know, like maybe yeah. Jeopardy's not your thing, but you obviously wanted to come on, and I appreciate you coming on. Uh, why don't you why don't you just tell tell the audience about yourself? Let them let them get to know you.
3: I, I'm not really a big Jeopardy guy. My wife and I play Pass the Pigs a lot. I don't know if you know that board game, but. That's about the only board game I'm really into, but I am currently the uh, head of producing and um, internet, or I mean, IT for uh, the Fantasy Baseball Bites, which you can find on Twitter at uh, TidbitNibbler. Uh, That would be where you find the host. And I am at, I've never been on Twitter before, but if you you punch in uh, Poundstone, it's not a common last name. You'll likely I'll probably turn up. So, but you know, I love my wife, Maggie and uh, you know, I like to post pictures of my family and I, so we live a quiet life and uh, I'm getting and awful I- sleepy guys.
0: Okay. Well, I appreciate you coming on, Rick. It was nice to, it was nice to see you again. And I know we, um. Um, I know you work for, Brian. I guess you're still working for Brian, uh, Brian no longer is with the show. So, uh, I hope that you're, I hope, I hope that you do well in your endeavors with him. And, um, and, um, you seem to be, um, a hardworking guy and, um, you seem to be a good it manager or developer. I don't know exactly what you do, but, um, you get the videos out and you tell them when to stop the video. So I'm um, good for you. And I, yeah. and uh, enjoy your, um, white castle.
3: I appreciate that. I, I love your podcast. I think it's a bit too uh, crass if I were to give you a little bit of feedback, but, uh, you know, I'll, I'll continue to listen here and there when I've got the time.
0: Okay. And Aaron, I really like your videos. You're, you're, um, you're feeding off of uh, Brian's Baseball Bites with your um, strategy snacks. What's next for you?
1: Uh, actually, next, I'm going to be on uh, First Day Pod with Michael Govier to talk about, um, you know, my stroke and just a little bit about my experience, because um, that that is something I'm interested in talking about. Um, production told me I wasn't supposed to talk about this uh, little peek behind the curtain, but I do want to tell uh, the listeners that Zach actually was uh, was pretty helpful getting me um, just a little information about getting into NFBC and DCs in general. Cause I'm absolutely a, a complete novice at this. Um, and he just talked with me. And, and uh, so I do really appreciate that, Zach. Um, I like what you're doing on the show. And I think, you know, um, trying to get um, lesser experienced players in there. And as long as they can read between the lines, when you send out those red herrings, I think people will do, will do all right.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, we want, we want everyone in. We, we're not here to gatekeep. Right. And
1: um, yeah, you, you joined, you joined on a zoom call with me and fish the other night or a couple of weeks. Ago. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, pile, of, pile of dial. I've definitely uh, bounced a few ideas off him as well, which I, which I appreciate. And um, yeah, the strategy snacks, um, you know, Brian has a, he has a market on uh, nibbling on things and stuff. So strategy snacks, um, throw them in a blender and consume them that way um, at fantasy t-ball and uh, probably have a few out in a, in a while.
3: Aaron, I want to commend you. This is Rick Poundstone. Can everybody hear me? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Okay, Aaron, I just want to commend you on the snack videos. Um, You seem like you would be uh, infinitely better to work for than Brian, who is a prick. Well, I don't want to get, I don't know, I, he might hear this, but uh, Aaron, you seem like a very nice man, and I Kudos to you. Kudos. There's a, I guess, kind of a joke to the snack ordeal, but uh, keep up the great work, Aaron. And uh, yeah,
0: are you are you sort of inadvertently asking for a job, Rick?
3: Oh no, I would never. No, I mean, if no, I would never do that. If you have anything on uh, Craigslist, I don't know if. Uh, no, I'm not looking for a job or anything like that. I'm perfectly content.
0: Okay, I hope, I hope Brian pays you well. to pay. Okay. Christ. So you must be doing. You must be doing something else. What are you up to? If he doesn't pay you, then how do you, how do you, um, how do you buy your white castles? What do you do?
3: I can't. You know, I don't want to get too too into the pound stone lifestyle, but uh, you know, I just wanted to say I made a comment earlier that was I, I had a couple of drinks tonight. I made a comment earlier about somebody on the panel being cute. Um, that was inadvertent. Uh, my wife had seen that uh, he had kind of a, a a button down kind of a. Uh,
0: who, Jimmy? Jimmy G. But you know, Well, everyone loves the Jimmy G of the NFL. This is the Jimmy G of the NFC. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: Rick, would you say, like, who do you think is cuter? Jimmy Jimmy Garofalo or Jimmy Gable?
3: Uh, oh, I thought it was a cabal. I thought it was, like, Hollywood cabal, like, uh, Andrena Chrome and all that stuff. It's not cabal. It's not no, it's
0: not.
3: It's Gable. Okay. Like, Gable, stable. No, my wife saw his. Uh, I guess he had some chest hair going on in a low cut shirt. You know, she's she's into that look. We kind of mess around. I'm kind of into the. Uh, you know, there's some actresses I tease her about, and she'll tease me about the pretty boys. Uh, All anyway, right, okay. I've okay. said too much.
0: That's yeah. enou- that's. Um, I think we're. I actually, I'm in an auction right now. They paused it for me because of this. Um. So uh, let's end it here. I appreciate you, Rick Poundstone. You can, fi- uh, you can find him on Twitter at,
2: uh, I don't know, what, I don't forget. Who cares? Who cares?
0: Okay. And then uh, Aaron at Fantasy T-Ball. And then thank you, Jimmy Gable.
2: Zach, thanks for having me on, man. Good
0: luck in the auction tonight. Uh, go repeat your championship. I appreciate that, buddy. Thanks again for coming on. It was good. It was good. And um, congratulations on uh, all your success last year. And um, I don't think it was a fluke at all. And I expect big things again this year. And um, most importantly, congratulations on winning Jeopardy again.
2: Appreciate it, man. Let's be in touch.
0: All right. Talk to you later, boys. Cool. Bye. Bye.
2: Thanks. See ya.